Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Matt LaPorter, and our topic or our conversation today is happiness. How to be happy when life isn't working for you, right? Because that happens to all of us, right, Matt? So, Matt, uh, really quickly, share with our listeners what it is that you do. What do you do in the world right now? Yeah, Joseph, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my name is, again, Matt LaPorta, and, and currently I'm a mortgage banker, and previously I used to play in the major leagues uh, with the Cleveland Indians. Whoa, so pro baseball player. There's a lot of listeners out there that are like, hey, that's what I want to do. How does this guy do it? Joseph, can you talk about sports? No. The answer is no. <laughs> that's not this show. But Matt is going to start a podcast, uh, you're saying, in what, the next 30 days or so? You're thinking or what? Matt? Yeah, within the next 30 days, we're going to start a podcast. Uh, you know, Laporta Sports is what it's going to be called. Oh, nice. And, you got the name and everything. Oh, right? yeah. Awesome. And uh, we're really excited about that. And what what's the main subject matter? We really want to add value to players, uh, parents, and coaches uh, at the youth levels. Um, and I want to take my experience from the big leagues and college and share those with, with families all across the world and hopefully bring on a lot of guests that, mm. that really can add value to these guys' lives. I love that. And I think that's really niche because you went out and lived it. You pursued the dream. Yep. And you succeeded. Right? A little bit. A little well, bit of success. Listen, you got in, okay? You got in. And, and we could talk about, you know, what occurred in your life and how God has really transitioned some areas of your life, right? Yeah. Willfully, unwillfully, like, oh, what's going on and everything like that. So let's, uh, you know, before we get into the topic, Matt, I always start with this very open-ended question, okay? Why do you, Matt LaPorter, think that the world isn't working right now? Well, that's a great question. Um, I would have to say, you know, because this is something I think about frequently, you know, what's going on? Why why can't we all just kind of get on the same wavelength? Mm. Um, and I know that in reality that, that will probably never happen where we all are on the same wavelength because um, we all are humans and we all have different opinions and we all have rights to those opinions. Um, I, I think that we, we've crossed some lines where opinions now are fact. Mm. And if you don't believe my opinion, um, I don't like you. Mm. Um, and, and that's unfortunate, right? Because my wife and I, we have debates all the time, and she has opinions, and I don't like her opinions sometimes, and vice versa. But you know what? I go every day, and I still love my wife. I have the choice to love my wife. Um, mm. And we have the choice to love other people, I think. You know, we don't have to agree with everything they're doing. and But again, I, th I think we have the choice to love, mm. and, and we miss that right now. I, I'm resonating so much with what you're saying right now. Right before we started the show, right, uh, I was sharing about uh, one of my clients here. I was just chatting with him, and he was like, you know, we just had the, lo uh, the mass shooting in La Las Vegas, Nevada. And 
you know, he came in just heavy. You could see his whole countenance was heavy. And it's like uh, he just shared. He's like, man, you know, we're being driven with fear right now as a society. It's like the, the media is just shoving fear down our throats and making us divisive with each other, which is what you're talking about, right? Um, and, and scared of each other, where when you have an opinion that differs from mine, it starts to propagate this fear inside of me, like you're out to harm me and I have to defend myself. And, and you're, it's not that you're disagreeing with my, my opinion, you're disagreeing with who I am as a person. And, and, and we're creating these meanings that are not reality. And this intensity and, and volatility around it, like what shows up for you in that? Yeah, I, I mean, again, it, it really just, I think it comes down to that we have kind of, um, there, there's, there is a lot of propaganda on both sides of the parties, right? Yeah, for and, sure. and, I mean, and, and it's unfortunate because at the end of the day, like I, like I always say, it's, we have the choice to love or not to love and mm. to care or not to care. I mean, it's, you know, I try to take that to heart and try to love everybody, right, and try to care for everybody. But it, it's tough. Heck I mean, yeah. we're all human, and people rub you the wrong way, and you're like, I don't want to deal with them because they rub me the wrong way. Uh, but I think God asks us to step a little further than that and, and truly care for, you know, like the Bible says, our brothers. Um, and so I, I think as America – you know, whether you believe in God or don't, I don't really care, you, you know, but you have a choice to still love somebody. Mm. Yeah. And I get that. Right. Because I think like what's occurring for me and what you're saying with that is that even if you're, you know, you're someone who chooses to, to be agnostic um, or atheist, hey, there is no God or whatever. Fine. You know, that's where you are. OK, fine. We can disagree there. Right. And that's fine. I don't love you any less. I have so many friends that are in that camp, yeah. right? They choose to be atheists. There is no God to them. Okay, that's fine. We still respect each other enough to have conversations on completely different viewpoints. Like I have a group of guys that I go and see once a month, right? Um, and literally it's a cigar group, right? So we all hang out and have cigars and drinks one night a month. And it's atheist. It's agnostics, it's Christians, and it's Catholics, like all at the table with strong beliefs. These are all type A, very successful CEO type guys, right? And we challenge each other. We totally differ on point of views, but the agreement is clear. When we leave the table, we love and respect each other, regardless yeah. of the differences. And we respect the differences. And that's the thing I think you hit on it is respect. We c there's just a lack of respect. Mm. I mean, frankly, there's just a lack of respect. And, and I, I think across the board, I, I see that. I'm a big guy. I'm Italian. Mm. So we're, you know, we're about respect. And uh, so that, that means a lot to me. And I, I think we, w there's not a lot of respect in the world right now. And because if there was, I think some of the actions that have been taken, um, you know, might not have occurred. I agree. And again, yeah. it's respect on both parties. It's respect from, it, it's just respect across the board. I, I mean, really, I'm not, I'm not trying to point any one particular party out because it's, it's just in general that we have less respect for people nowadays. Mm. Why do you think that's happening? Um, 
That's a great question. I, I mean, I really don't know. I think it's, you know, I think sometimes it can be, again, the the amount of social media that we have access to. Mm. On one hand, it's a great resource. On the other hand, I think it can push a lot of people's uh, agendas. I think it could push a lot of propaganda. And, and I think it alters the way you think. I mean, if you've grown up, it just can alter the way you think, you know, um, I get that. I think that's a great point you're highlighting, right, Matt? Because it's like, I I, I think of the the Spider Man movie quote, right? With great responsive, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's like social media is a great power, right? Because you can broadcast your viewpoint to the world, yeah, in half a second. And I think what's occurring is many people are have abused that power, yeah, and they have used it to disrespect others, to belittle others to just tear each other down and not realizing that we're one human family. Mm. And when you knock down another, you're actually hurting yourself. Yep. Right. And then that occurs for me. It's like when I hurt someone else and disrespect someone else, they are tied to me as a human family. So I'm actually hurting humanity, which I'm part of, which I am impacting my life negatively when I put out negative negativity into the world. You know, and that that's powerful to me. So, like, now, and don't get me wrong, I mess up, right? I'm still very broken, but I'm a lot more cautious of the words that leave my lips. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. The, and the power, right? Because words have power, don't they? Oh, man. You can literally tremendous amount of power. give life to someone with your words, or you can destroy life. Yeah, and I mean, words have an immense amount of power, right? I mean, we think about think about all the... You know, self coaches, to coach, you know, people trying to uplift you, your Tony Robbins, all these guys. Think about how much power they have in their voice and their words and how they tell you to do your incantations. Mm. Words have power, whether you're saying them to yourself or you're saying them to somebody else. And so I would encourage people to think about what you're saying, like you said. You know, what are you saying to an individual person? Are you lifting that person up or are you putting that person down? Are you bringing life to that person? Or you take in life from that person. Mm. You have that choice. That's awesome, man. I love it. And, you know, you being a former pro baseball player, it's like you were around coaches. You were around those powerful mantras and coaching sessions that lifted you up and inspired you to go through the pain, to keep pushing, right, to go for the goal as a team, as one, right? So that's that's really powerful. And I think that is going to tie in really nicely to our topic today, right? Yeah. Which is – how to be happy when life isn't working right so when your life it looks like crap right or there's an air maybe your life is working but there's one area that's not or it's less than ideal Mm -hmm. you know how do you bring happiness there let's get right into it like what shows up for you and and here's one thing i'm gonna ask you on on this show matt is we leave the stands and we get down on the court in the show so we want real life stories real like life examples from matt laporter's life yeah that's a that's a great you know happiness is 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 a great topic I think and so I'm, I'm going to go through some of the examples of my life that it, that it's kind of revealed itself at different times and different stages of my life right got it um you know I'm going to probably lean a little more on sports just because that's kind of my background it's right that's all I you. did yeah. my entire life so kind of we'll start you know, as a high school baseball player, take us there right now. Um, and 
all I wanted to do was play professional baseball. I wanted to play in the big leagues since I was a little kid. So my senior year of high school comes, um, you know, I'm a good ball player, but you know, I'm thinking I'm going to be a top five round draft pick. Um, and that doesn't happen. Right. And so now my attitude, I was, on one minute I was happy, excited for this opportunity, which was the draft. And then later that day, I was depressed. I was sad. I, I was brokenhearted because I, I didn't get drafted until the 14th round. The same day. The same day. You went through two completely extreme emotions. Yep. Two, two you know, ends of the spectrum right mm -hmm. there. Um, and it was a difficult time. I ended up going to college. You know, I ended up kind of obviously getting over that moment. And, and kind of for me, it was just talking through it with coaches, parents. Um, what is the right decision? You know, what is the decision that maybe God wants me to make at this time? Um, and, it, and it was to go to college. So we went mm -hmm. to University of Florida. Uh, I thought I was going to be a starter there my freshman year. Um, that was a rude awakening. I, I wasn't a starter. And this is where – this is probably the – some of the darkest and deepest parts of my life came in. Um, so, Matt, let me jump in right there, right, because that's really important. What was going through your mind right then in that moment when you found out you weren't going to be a starter? Um, th that was tough. I mean, I felt like I let my family down. I let my friends down. I felt like I was a failure to my parents, um, any family. I thought I was a failure. I thought I was a nobody. Um, I, I thought – God didn't love me. Wow. You know, because if God loved me, why why wouldn't I play? Again, this is an immature, I'm an immature 18-year-old kid thinking yeah. this. But it's not wrong. It's just um, where you were. And, and I really, I thought I was a, a failure and I'd never make it to the big leagues. I thought I was just, my career was over. <laughs> over because I didn't get to play my freshman year. Um, and it, and it honestly, if it wasn't for my wife, my current wife, my only wife, I say current, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, she was an athlete at UF too. And we would, we literally would read the Bible probably every night because I would have to draw on something. Um, or I, I was just, I, I was, I was depressed. Wow. And, and I mean, I literally had to draw strength from reading the word of God every day because I knew it, that if I didn't, immerse myself in that Bible, right, that Satan was going to take over my life. How do you mean that? Break that down for us. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I was extremely depressed. I mean, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of taking my car at 100 miles an hour and wrapping it around a tree. Um, I wanted to leave University of Florida. I wanted to pack my stuff in my car and drive as far out west as I could because I felt like a failure. Mm. I felt like I left so many people down. Um, so you wanted to run. Yeah, I wanted to run. I wanted to run from that terrible experience that I was feeling. Um, but again, the only thing that kept me locked in and kept me kind of fighting on a daily basis, right, was, was God. Was spending that time with God, spending that time with my wife, um, and just reading the Word and trying to draw something out of it every day. Just give me a nugget, right? Give me a nugget that I can take and make it through today. I mean, I was... I was to the point where if we practiced at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I literally would sleep until 2.30. I'd eat a muffin and go to the field and practice and then come back home and go to sleep or play video game and then fall asleep. 
That's definitely a sign of depression, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, my windows were blacked out. What? So it was, I mean, it was, you, you know, it was it was dark in our room. It was yeah. cold. But it, more than dark in your room, it was dark in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely dark in my heart. Um, You, you know, so we kind of, we, we, we got through that year. Uh, I ended up staying at University of Florida. Uh, the next year, or that that kind of transformation that I had, it, this is part of my journey, was, you know what, I, I'm trying to live a life, you know, for God here. It's not working out. Mm. I, I'm kind of, I'm done with God, right? Mm. I, I'm done. Why, why wasn't it working out? Like, what was occurring for you where you made that declarative statement, this isn't working, I'm trying to follow God, it's not working? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I was trying to follow. I wasn't starting. I wasn't the big man on campus baseball player that I wanted to be, that I thought I'd be. Um, and I was like, I'm tired of this. I didn't get drafted high enough out of high school to go to professional baseball. I'm just like, I'm tired of, you, you know, what have you done? I'm, I'm upset at God. What have you done for me, God? You know? And, uh, again, an immature way to look at things, right? But that's, but that's where, where I was at. That's where we are at. Yeah. Many of us, yeah, and I get that. and uh, you, you know, I was done. And I remember my wife, Dara, asking me. She's like, "What are you doing?" I I told her, I said, "I'm saved. I'm gonna go to heaven, but I'm done with God right now. I'm gonna live life like I want to live life." Mm. And I did. So my sophomore year, I lived life how I wanted to live life. And guess what? I was the best player in the country. I led the country in home runs with you, you know. All American. Our team goes to the College World Series. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's an incredible year. Mm. You know, the only thing that would, would have been better is if I won a Golden Spikes or our team won the actual national championship game. Mm. And s- why do you think that worldly success occurred when you turned your back on God? Um, uh, for me, I think it was more of a. I'm releasing this and it was more of I don't I don't care anymore really about anything, right? Mm. If you live that life like you just don't care or or you know, if God's not for me, if God's not my focus point, what's my focus point? I the, I don't care anymore because I if if he's not I'm, if I'm not focused on him, well I don't have anything like I can live how I want to live. Mm. I don't have any rules, I don't have any guidelines anything and i think for me that was one of the biggest things it would just got to a point where i was like i don't care i'm gonna go out i'm gonna play i'm gonna party and i'm gonna be the best baseball player in the country and and uh now what was going on different right because you could have made that same decision with god in your life right couldn't you i'm gonna be the best baseball player in the country i'm not gonna care but i still love god and and i i spend time with him yeah, I think help um, distinguish that for us. Yeah, I think for me in my relationship as a young Christian, it was a relationship of God, I'll do this and you do that, as opposed to God has already done it for me. He has already saved me, right? And I think you you know maybe I whatever slipped up or. or did something right, and I'm like, oh God, I'm not going to do good now because I just sinned, mm. right? That was my relationship with Christ. Mm. You know, very again, very. So when I mess up, God no longer loves me; He's no longer blessing me. Exactly. 
Got it. And and uh, I've done that many times in my life. I yeah, and that. that's and that's not the case, you, you know, because bad things happen all the time and things don't go our way all the time. Doesn't mean God loves us any less. Correct. But it took me time to learn that, I and that's that. why I want to talk about you know happiness, right? Yeah. Like where that actually comes from, and uh, so. Again, I'm the best player in the country. Mm. Uh, you know, I was the biggest thing on campus outside of Joe Kim Noah, Al Horford, and Corey Brewer. And then the next year, Tim Tebow came in, and then I was like a nobody again. <laughs> um, Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, it, it's so I had this relationship. If I do right, I'm going to get blessed. If I do wrong, I, I'm not going to get blessed, right? Or cursed, so, even. Yeah. And yeah. so by me not caring, um, by me not caring about my relationship with Christ, I think freed me in a sense to go not care and yeah. have and and have quote unquote fun, almost like fearlessness. Exactly. Yeah. And that would be my word I used for a long time was like I don't care. Yeah. Well, Matt, you just punched out for I don't care. So what? I don't. You know. And mm. so I, I had that. And I had all the success. I had you know the fun. Um, the, it, it, it transferred over the next year for my junior year. Um, and this is where it kind of starts, you, you know, and I don't want to say going downhill, like just that, that, that emotional roller coaster that I'm, I'm riding on right now. Um, so go to junior year, I'm going to be a top five pick, you know, top five picks going to make several millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I get hurt, right? I get hurt my junior year, uh, and I'm like, God, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, I don't change my lifestyle. I'm just kind of asking those questions. What's going on? Were you God? actually asking God, or was he back in your life? I mean, he's always been in my life. It's not but like I mean I after never... you uh, kind of did away with him. Yeah, yeah, I'd still have those kind of conversations. Not like I ever really completely did away with him, right? Okay. It was just like I'm going to live life how I want to live life. So and I know still, you're God. I know you're still there, God. there, but you you stay over there. Exactly. And I'll be over here doing my thing. Yeah, like we, okay. we you know, we yeah. got a railroad track splitting us up. Hey, yeah, you stay yeah. on your side, yeah, God. Yeah. And if I really need you, yeah, I'm gonna call on you. Yeah, I'll call you when I need you. But you just hang out there for me. I get that. And uh, so I, 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 uh, you know, go to my junior year. We have this, you know, thought of what I was gonna be, um, and I get hurt. Mm. I pull my oblique. I have a terrible season, uh, but nothing really changes, right? Nothing doesn't change until the draft comes. The draft comes. I get a few calls, you know, uh, from teams. You know, my advisor back then, they can't be your agent, um, which is ridiculous. But anyway, uh, you know, he's like, hey, we've got a team that will take you in the supplemental first round. And here's a guy going from top five pick, right? to a supplemental first who might be that might that means you might be a 35 through 50th pick in mm-hmm. the draft still not bad don't get me wrong it's not a bad place mm-hmm. to be but my value is probably at least five times worth you know more had I been picked 25 picks higher 30 picks higher sure so I I, I said you, you know that this is right where I start getting back into that relationship with God. I go, God, what you know, what do you want me to do here? And uh, you know, he goes, say just you, you know, to me it was all right. Tell him no, and then so I told him no on the supplemental first. Then they called me back and said, Hey, we want to take you in the fourteenth round. And I said, Okay, this was the Red Sox. 
We want to take you in the 14th round. Go up to the Cape Cod League and play ball. I said, all right. So I did. Um, in the Cape, it's a great time. You kind of get you kind of get to reflect on yourself mm. a lot because there's not a whole lot to do out there other than just play baseball and mm-hmm. everything shuts down at like 10 o'clock. Mm. Um, so that's where I started really kind of checking myself. And uh, this is where the happiness stuff starts coming in. And it's slowly getting intertwined into my life um, that whole summer. Because uh, the Red Sox, again, took me in the 14th round. They said at the end of the Cape, come work out with us. We'll see if we can pay you enough to sign with us. I said, okay. So I had a great Cape, worked out with them. You know, I'm getting a hit batting practice with uh, Big Poppy and Tito Francona and me watching us. And it was an unbelievable experience. Um and so we did that, finished the Cape. I go back to school. I've got, you know, when I say go go back to school, I, I, all I'm doing is setting up my classes. Mm. So in college, if, if you go back to school for a day, you're back enrolled. You can't go sign your professional contract. So I go get enrolled um, in classes, you know, ha- still having conversations with my advisor, like where the Red Sox at, you, you know, where they're still talking about it. I said, all right, well, you know, we got school starting here. I need an answer, right? Okay, okay. So I missed my first classes the first morning. I get a call from my coach, my guidance counselor. Where are you at? You committed back to this university, all this stuff, mm. and uh, which is all true, right? Uh, and I just I, I didn't know what to do. So where were you at? So I was. I mean, I was in Gainesville. Yeah. Right. I was in my uh, apartment. Right. But why didn't you go in? Well, because I was hoping that I'd get an answer from the Red Sox. Okay, so you were like holding. I was holding out still. Yeah. So finally, I was like, "Man, I, I, I gotta call. You know, I gotta call my agent. I call Scott Boris. Hey, Scott, w- what's going on with this? Where are the Red Sox at? Matt, we just talked to them. They're not going to give you more than what they gave the first pick this year. With who was Daniel Bard? Um, I said, "All right, give me give me some time to think about it." Right. So I go back up into my room. Now, mind you, I haven't prayed. I haven't got on my knees. I haven't talked to God in a couple years, really. Mm, got it. I get on my knees, and I go into this room, and in, in, in my room on this chair, I got the special chair, I guess, because it has some good prayer moments there. <laughs> so I get there. It's and a I, prayer chair. Yeah, man. And, I, and I'm on my knees praying, and I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? Mm. What do you want me to do right now? And I heard, obviously, it's not an audible voice. So I hear, Matt, go back to college. Tell the Red Sox no. Tell your agent no. Go back to college. And I'm like, my God, this is a huge decision, right? I'm passing up a a large sum of money to go back to school as a senior, Mm. who everybody knows that going back to school as a senior is a dumb idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have no leverage, mm. right? And, you, you know, it's like you can't hold out. You either sign or you don't. Where are you going to go? You got nowhere to go after a senior year. So I make this decision knowing that if I want to be drafted high ever again, I've got to be the best player in the country. But before all that, when I made that decision, it was God was like, Matt, go back to school. Live a life for me, right? Have joy, 
throughout your circumstances. Enjoy the game of baseball for what it really is at its purest level. And just have fun. And know that you're gonna make it to the you know, you're gonna make it to the big leagues, whether you're a first pick or whether you're the fiftieth pick or the fiftieth round, right? That's the kind of confidence you gotta have. Through no matter what your circumstances are, that's the kind of confidence you gotta believe in, right? I said, All right. So I go back to school. How did you make that decision? I literally like- I literally got on my knees and I prayed and no, I, I get that, but you heard him. But why did you choose to trust him? Hey, man, that's a great question. Um, I, I honestly, I, that's it. I mean, because I know he's God. Like he was God, and I knew I wasn't living a life that was fulfilling to Christ. And I felt that. I felt that when I when I prayed at that time. That man. You know, turn your life around, live live a life for me, and, I, and it's not going to be perfect. My life's not perfect, um, but live a life for me. Represent me a little better, right, than you've been in the past. Now, Matt, let me ask you this, right? At that time in your life, right before that prayer, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, like, extremely happy, 1 or 0 being, like, uh, total depression, where were you on a scale of one to ten? At that time, I was probably honestly, I was probably about a five, right? Got because it. I kind of lived through my first worst nightmare, which was not starting as a freshman. Right. So that when how would you have ranked yourself then? Oh, I mean, I was a zero or a one. Okay, so zero to one, hey. total depression. Yeah, you didn't get, you weren't a starter, and now you had transitioned up to a five. But you're still missing half of happiness, right? Yeah. On the inside. Yeah. So you're still not fulfilled, right? Yep. So you get to your knees, you need help, you're confused, you don't know what to do. So, hey, God, I finally need your help again. Yeah. And, and then and, you choose to trust Him. Yeah. And, and I'm going to touch on something, you know, on that regarding that scale and talking about happiness. You know, I thought happiness really, truly was being the best baseball player in the country. I thought happiness was getting, you know, the girls, living the life, right? Like, I mean, I lived it up in college. I enjoyed the heck out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't? That wasn't happy? It wasn't happy. Like, why not? I would be unfulfilled. Every morning I'd wake up and go, eh, okay. It's, I was So be like, so how's your life? Fine. I'd be like, it's How good. How are you? Fine. Yeah. But nobody really wakes up and wants a fine life, do we? No. And I was like, man, there is something. Even though I was having all this success, I still always knew there was something missing. Mm. And so that morning when I got on my knees and prayed, that's that was the like that missing thing. It's like, Matt, you're missing me, dummy. (laughs) You're missing me. Go back and and do this for me. And I did, man. I went back my senior year. I I literally surrendered my entire baseball career. At that moment, when I made that choice to go back to college, mm. I surrendered my career. You know what, Matt? What's showing up for me in that is exactly what God calls us to do. To literally die to ourself, to give him our life. And at that time, your life was baseball. Yeah. True or true? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And he asked nothing less than give me everything. Give me the thing that matters most to you, Matt. 
and I will give you that peace and joy that you're missing. Yeah. And I really like the way you put that. And if you're listening right now, we're, we're speaking with Matt LaPorter, former uh, pro baseball player, and he's sharing about his journey through happiness. And at this level of his life, he was only at a five because God was not really prevalent in his life at that moment. He was still present, but he was off to the side, and I'll get to you, God, when I need you. And the very thing that he was missing is what God was waiting to give him. So if you're at that place in your life and you're experiencing this lack of fulfillment, it's like, how's your life? Well, it's fine. But you know there's something more, and you can't figure out what the heck it is. God is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Just like he said to you. He's like, I'm what you're missing, dummy. Yeah. Right? So God's saying the same thing to you as you're listening. Matt, please continue in this. Yeah, so I make that decision to go back for my senior year. And like I said, I mean, I've got – you could look it up. You could see all the articles that people wrote about me, about how dumb I was for doing that. You're never going to get picked high. You you just cost yourself whatever, a million dollars, because you were so – you just – you're prideful, you're arrogant, and nobody really knew why I made that decision, right? Because Why didn't you share it? Well, I mean, I did, like my teammates knew, right? The guys that Got would it. go, you, you know, but... So you're close circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. People knew why I... And then as the season started going on, you know, people would start asking. So at that point, I would start sharing it. Mm. I just was like, man, God led me to come back. And I don't know whatever it means. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting. Were you saying that and sharing that publicly? Yeah. Like with the media and Yeah, when they would ask yeah. or whatever, you know, after a game and stuff. That takes courage, brother. Um and it was the best year A of my baseball career. So performance wise, you performed better than you ever did. I performed better to. than I ever did. Amazing. Uh B, I had the most happiness ever in my baseball playing career. So you really started to enjoy the game at its purest form, like you mentioned earlier. I enjoyed the game to its fullest. Mm. At that point in my life and career, that was the most fun that I – it's still probably the most fun, the most enjoyable that I've ever had uh, playing the game of baseball. And it's all – it was all for me the confidence in God. He allowed me to – I had to release – the game of baseball. And once I released it, this joy and this happiness came over me. And I had so much fun. I mean, again, I hit 400 uh, my senior year with 20 home runs, I don't know, 60, 70 RBIs. I'm the seventh overall pick as a senior, right? The seventh overall pick. I mean, people thought I was crazy to go back. And now I'm the seventh overall pick. Mm. And I'm playing a position that, I never played before, which was left field. That's mm. what they drafted me as. And obviously, it, it was all God, right? Mm. But through that time, that senior year, I started to find joy. And I started mm. to find happiness and realized that, for me, true joy and happiness was to surrender my life, right? It wasn't necessarily about Matt. It, it was about God. What can I do? to just surrender my life. Um, And that was a huge building block for me that year. Huge. I mean, it helped me become uh, better to be able to surrender my career when I was in the big leagues. Um, And and it was was a huge uh, building block for me. Man, I get that. Love this story. 
Seriously, you're, you're <laughs> pulling me into the story right now, and I know our listeners are being pulled in right now. You know, I think many of us go through this journey, this wrestling with God in our lives, and we literally wrestle him. Yeah. Right? In Scripture, they talk about the angel, right? And he wrestled the angel of God and and that's what we do and really what we're what we're wrestling is our own pride against God our own ego our own plans and schemes for our life especially as driven men right like yourself and it's like well wait a second I want to be the best baseball player in the world how is that a bad thing well it's not a bad thing the question is is it is that God's purpose for your life mm-hmm and until you know that, you can't experience that, that joy, that peace. And there's this emptiness on a scale of 1 to f- 10. You were out of 5. You're only halfway th- living life. Yeah. Yep. But that senior year, we got to the point <coughs> where I was probably a 8, 9, or a 10. And, I mean, I was living life to its fullest, enjoying it, having fun, uh, and just being in the moment and being mm-hmm. present. And that's another thing I think about happiness is trying to be present in the moment and whatever that moment is and whatever your circumstances, we live in, especially the people that live in America, we, we live in America, right? I know we're going through some tough times right now, but we still live in America. Like I, for me, I had to look back every day and, and be grateful like, what are the things that I'm grateful for? And they could be little things. I mean, seriously. Now, you know, I'm much older than. I mean, I'm grateful when – this is, sounds crazy, but I'm grateful when I get a parking spot that is a primo parking spot. <laughs> and, and I just – I mean, people may think I'm crazy. And I go, you know what? Hey, God, thank you. Yeah. Hey, man. You, you know what I mean? I, I'm thankful for life and the things that I've been given, the little things that I've been given. And so when we can look at the little things that we can be that we've been given, I think that increases our our happiness, our mm-hmm. joy. Because we're looking at the little things that you know, we might just skim over, mm. right? Let's have those little wins and add to our happiness bucket. I, I mean, yeah, I get that, right? And many uh very uh famous uh professional speakers, motivational speakers, inspirational speakers, they speak about exactly this. If you want to be happy, start being grateful. Yeah. The second you turn on gratefulness, happiness kicks in. See, because you can't be unhappy and being grateful at the same time. If you look at the blessings in your life, you can't be sad. Like they can't coexist. So if you're feeling sad and depressed and you're feeling like, man, I don't have this. I don't have that. Look what he has. Look what she has. I wish I had that. How come it's not working out for me? How come God isn't giving me? I'm doing for God. I've been doing for God. How come I'm not getting mine? Yeah. Right? And we all wrestle with that. And it's like, listen, the problem is you're focused inward on self. And you can't be happy when you're focused in one inward on self when you focus outward on others and the blessings that are being given to you from the outside in Mm -hmm. that's where gratefulness shows up that's where happiness and then this internal joy fills us up yep from the inside right it's god pours it into us speak to us on some of that well actually before you do 
before you do, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to take this uh, in a different direction, right? Because you just talked about this, you know, the trials, the tribulations of your early career, and then you talked about the big win. Boom, climactic event. Now, take us through the injury mm-hmm. and take us to present day. Give us a whole fast forward <laughs> because you spoke about how to be happy when, you know, regardless of your circumstances. Yeah. Right? And you getting injured and your career and everything. Give us a fast forward through that and how you were able to still choose happiness. Yeah. And choose God through those really difficult circumstances. Yeah. So, you know, we get drafted with a seventh pick. We sign, go to the Brewers. Um, in 08, I'm double A uh, with the Brewers. I mean, I, having a great year. We got, I mean, we've got some studs on our team. I mean, we've got Michael Brantley's on our team. He's an all star big leaguer with the Indians still. Alcides Escobar, uh, he's been an all star with Kansas City. I mean, we had some guys, we had some several other players that made it to the big leagues. Um, you know, Matt Gamble with the Brewers. Uh, but we had a team that was just loaded, right? I had a great half in 2008, get traded for CC Sabathia, get traded to Cleveland. Uh, 2009, I make my big league debut. Um, and, and prior to that, in 2008, in, in August, uh, you know, I get to play in the 2008 Beijing Olympics. You know, we're bronze medal winners. You know, we didn't get the gold, but but uh, it, the experience was incredible. Um and so, I mean, for that the, 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 those past two years, my my life has seemed like a roller coaster, mm-hmm. you, you know, which is amazing. I got married in 2008. So 2009, um, I start the year in AAA for about a month, and I, I get called up to the big leagues. I make my major league debut. Uh, Playing the big leagues about a month or so uh, in, in left field. Now, keep in mind, I played first base all in college. So now in left field, you, you know, it's a big – it's a different experience. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I played in the minors in left field and the outfield and stuff. So get to the big leagues as a left fielder, play up there for about a month. They send me back down. And they're like, hey, we want you to go back and play first. So they send me down to go play first. Well, during that time, I'm playing first and I'm still playing the outfield. Playing first, still playing the outfield. Probably maybe June-ish – my my left hip starts bothering me and i think it's you know just my hip flexors tight i can't figure it out stretching it out still having a good year still doing well i get back up to the big leagues play most of the se- you know the remaining part of the season well towards the end of the season you know i'm having a decent rookie year um it's definitely not the rookie year that i had, had anticipated i mean i had always wanted to be rookie of the year um but again, I always had big goals on myself, and 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 that didn't happen. So that was, I mean, that was a big blow. I mean, frankly, that was probably one of my worst nightmares, and worst fears is not being rookie of the year. Um, and so it wasn't rookie of the year. So that was difficult um, to go through that. But again, I had to kind of look inside again and, and, and reassess the situation and go, okay, that's okay, right? I'm still in the big leagues. I'm still playing. I just got to get better. Yeah, because what's occurring to me is you set some really big expectations for yourself. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the disappointment was self-created. Yeah, without because, a doubt. Because where you're you're playing and the performance level you're playing was still awesome, you know, high-performing, 
but you wanted the best, always yeah. the best, always the best. And when you didn't get the best, you beat the crap out of yourself. Yeah. It sounds oh, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So please continue. Yeah. So, so I get hurt my freshman or freshman year. She's my, my rookie yeah. year in 2009. I've got to go have my labrum replay or uh, repaired. Um, I go out to Vail, Colorado. There's a specialist out there. I have my hip labrum repaired. Um, I, I rehab all off season. I come back 2010. I might have come back a little too early, but, you know, as competitors, we want to get back out there and play. So I, I have a – my 2010 season is just awful. Um, I mean, it was just – it was, again, worst nightmare kind of stuff. Mm. Stuff that would keep you up at night, uh, and it would definitely keep me up at night had it been several years prior to that. And – and this was all due to this new injury. Yeah, it was all due to my hip. Just never could really get the groove. You, you never get playing that year uh, the way that I know how to play. And Got I was it. still in pain for most of the year. Got it. Um, so, so we, we were playing in 2010. And, and I, I, again, very similar to my freshman year of college, you, you know, we're, we're, we're getting a little upset, a little depressed. But I was easier to, it was easier for me to pull myself out at that time because I could look back on the past accomplishments and go, you know what, God has been there along the way. God has helped me along the way here. Yeah. Right? I got to go back and look at the things that I can be grateful for and look and see what great things has happened in my life. Are you guys listening to what Matt's sharing right now? Because these are wisdom bombs right here. It's like when you're feeling depressed and you always – that will reoccur in your life, right? We'll get down, you'll get beat up. The key, the trick, the hack, if you will, is to look back on the moments that you're grateful for. Where did God show up? Where are those moments of trust yeah. where God was fully present and showed you he was fully present? Dwell on those. Dwell on those, and it will lift you back up. That's right. It, it definitely will lift you back up. You, you, you focus on, again, focus on the good things. Yeah. And, and from the past and it, it'll bring you to a place of, of peace and, and happiness um so so i had a tough year that year just from a baseball standpoint and i really it was hard for me to focus on the past it was like man i'm going through this stuff all again mm. um so the next year comes around 2011 i'm feeling good now I, i'm ready to rock and roll and uh um i'm playing I'm playing, I'm playing pretty good, and then I start getting, you know, benched, and then I'll come back in and play. I'll sit a day, come play, sit for two days and come play. And it was really messing with my, again, psyche, mm -hmm. and, and it was difficult. And, again, the so far the first three years of my professional baseball playing career or in the big leagues have been pretty much my ni worst nightmare. Pretty much, if you asked me what a horror film was or a horror story, <laughs> this was it. Um, because I, I I had set such high expectations for myself. I had always wanted to be a rookie of the year, be an all-star, have a chance to be an MVP, you, you know, and then greater than that, be a Hall of Famer, right? Like and that the way, was, it, the way it's occurring, it's not lining up towards that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm going messing with your head. Oh, yeah. I'm going the opposite direction Got it. of success in baseball. And your body's pretty much yelling at you and saying, screw you. I'm not going to cooperate with you at this point. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was tough. But again, it was 
okay, I had to focus on really what helped me through it is focusing on the moment, being present in the moment, taking in the fact that I get to play major league baseball, that I'm on a major league field playing against some of the world's best baseball players and the best players to ever play the game. Uh, So all those things help me through those situations. So we'll, we'll fast forward to 2012. Um, my hip is killing me again. I've got no idea what's going on. I mean, I can't even bend over to tie a shoe. Wow. I've got to have teammates tie my shoe for me at times. That's humbling. I, I mean, here's a guy who's a seventh pick who can't even tie a shoe now. Mm. Um, so I get it checked out, and I, I've got bone spurs and bone chips all in the same hip that was already had surgery on. So I go to a, a doctor in, in, in Nashville, Tennessee, Dr. Bird. He, he does my second hip surgery. He scopes it, cleans it up, and he's like, hey, look, you've got no cartilage in there. It's going to be painful. How much? You're just going to have to deal with the pain. I said, oh, well, I've been dealing with pain my whole life. I can handle this. Okay. So I rehab, literally rehab all of 2013. I don't get to play in the big leagues. I'm in AAA or I'm in Arizona, you know, you know, rehabbing, trying to get better, trying to get better. And then I'd come back, I'd play for two weeks, and I can't do it anymore, and my hip is killing me. Mm. So got to go back out and rehab. And it was – at that time, I could slowly see my, my dream mm. dissipating, yeah. coming to an end. Like, I, I could see it, and I didn't want to believe it, but I could see it. My worst fear, again, I mean, the fear just kept the, the this horror novel kept writing itself. Mm. And, and it and was. You couldn't stop And it. I couldn't stop you it. You had no control. There is nothing that I can do. Mm. But you know what? That year, in, in, in 2013, and the end of 2012, when I was going through the pain, I, I my mindset was you know what? How can I, because I was still selfish at times. How can I try to be totally unselfish? And, and really you want these other guys to succeed that are around me and do what I can to succeed. Um, so, so again, in 2013, I, you know, my career is basically ending and, but I have to focus on, you know, I'm focusing on the, the past and the things that I can be grateful for. We get through that. 2014, my career comes to an end, uh, which is very difficult for a lot of players to deal with. Uh, but in that time, right, I've got four kids. At the time, I only had three. But So I focused on the things that I was grateful for, like playing in the big leagues, like being the seventh overall pick. Yeah. You, you know, having – you know, being fortunate, you, you know, with from a financial perspective. Yeah. And, and those things brought happiness and joy to me. Those things fulfilled me. But you got to focus on the things that will fulfill you. I get that. So fast forward to present day, looking back on this career that you've had. I mean, you came in with a great countenance about you today. You're just energized. You're pumped up. Looking back on that, you're no longer playing in the big leagues, but you played in the big leagues. Yeah. And even if it was injured, I'm sure there's listeners right now that say, I would rather play in the big leagues injured than never play in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, so what, what, how has your life occurred if you wrapped it up in a few sentences? What's this journey that 
God, what has God been trying to tell you for the last 20, 30 years? Uh, man, that's a great question. And really what it comes down to for me is trust in me, mm. have peace, enjoy life, right? Like I know that's a, a lot maybe I just threw at you, but really it's if you trust in him, right, if you trust in God by doing that, I believe you can have more peace than you've ever had before. I believe you can have more happiness than you've ever had before. I believe you can have more joy than you've ever had before. Which makes you right. enjoy life more than you ever have before. And, and, and I have enjoyed life more than I probably have in a very long time. Don't get me wrong. There's days where it's it sucks not being a Major League Baseball player. And it's it's sad and it's hurtful. But then I take a step back and go, you know what? Yeah, but I'm going to get to go do this with my kids mm. or I'm going to get to go do this with my wife. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it puts things in perspective and you have to continue to reevaluate and put things in perspective. Yeah. Right. And, and be grateful again, be grateful for the things that you have, be grateful for the things that you've been given. And, and I think uh, that's what God's showed me throughout this process. Trust in me and be grateful. Love it. What a great message. Great wisdom bombs there. Okay, so Matt, we're about to enter the confession round. Oh, so this here is, we go. <laughs> you like that play? Uh, so this is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick-fire questions. Mm -hmm. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. First thing that comes to you, don't overthink it. Just first thing. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. What's your favorite thing about being an adult? Uh, acting like a kid still. <laughs> What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Oof. Being <laughs> you have to be on every day. <laughs> yeah, you do, right? Uh what secret fear do you have about people? Uh I don't know if I have a secret fear about people. If you did, cuz we all do. What secret fear do you have about people? Maybe in how they see you. Maybe I I think it maybe judging me. Got it. If you could be anyone, just for fun, for the next seven days, anyone in the world, who would you want to trade places with? Uh, Derek Jeter. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> what do you wish you were better at? Um, I, I wish I was better at communicating. Mm, got it. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Probably being a financial manager for professional athletes Ooh, i like that very niche uh what makes you smile more than anything just joking around with my wife and kids yeah when you were a child what did you want to be when you grew up i think we know the answer major league baseball player got it and you achieved it if you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world what would it be great question yeah uh, it would be uh it would be hate Mm. Yeah, I get that. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what, what it says on it. Matt was a fun, enjoyable guy. He loved people. Uh, he served people. And he, he really just he cared and wanted to have fun. Got it. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Well, for me, I'd love him to say, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Not like, what took you so long, dummy, to trust me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll say that, too. 
And last question, Matt, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you share with them? To trust God. Mm. Got it. Matt, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, should you choose? Yeah, you can check out LaportaSports.com, um, or you can go like us on our Facebook page, Laporta Sports, and you can reach out to us uh, there. And that's going to be the new podcast title, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Looking forward to it. All right, so Matt, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for having me, Joseph. You got it. Cheers. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you. He's fascinated by you, and he wants to show you his awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with him, and I'll see you on the next show.